Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ray and Tay Today. Talking sports with friends. We're talking basketball. NBA time and we're on the air. We're ready to clap boards and our crossover's not fair. Uh, throw the ball up in the air. We're giving you the stats. All stars are here. NBA Finals end the draft. You know we're here, hooping on your behalf. College basketball, March Madness C. Ray and Tay got you covered with Hoops B. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor. It is Monday, March 26th. The madness has been pouring all over us. Springs in the air. We're talking Final Four, college hoops, how we got there. We'll end with some NBA injuries and update the standings. Since, since we've been focused on college hoops, Ray, did your bracket have this? Loyola Chicago against Michigan, 11 against a three, and then Kansas-Villanova talk one versus one. What did you think, and how is your bracket? <laughs> well, first of all, my bracket's busted. Second of all, let me just tell you that I'm not the only one. So ESPN, I don't know if you saw these numbers, but they said something like, give or take a million, right? 17.5 million brackets filled out. So about 3.5 million actually had the right side of the bracket. So Kansas versus Villanova. All right, so that's interesting. 3.5 out of 17 million. 9,000 out of 17 million. I was actually surprised it was that high. 9,000 brackets had UI uh, University, uh, Loyola Chicago versus the University of Michigan. So 9,000 out of 17 million. I, w- I would have thought it would be even less than that. But yes, my but there's bracket no perfect bracket totally though, busted. right? I missed the stats. There was no, no perfect no, bracket. No, first of all, nobody big UMBC except for two kids in Baltimore. I mean, no, no perfect uh, bracket. After after day one, there's no perfect bracket, and definitely if not day one, day two. That's, but that's a lot because I was thinking like I was joking and trying to explain it to my wife, and I was like, you would have had to have maybe gone to Loyola Chicago undergrad and then like gone to Michigan grad. Or been born, in, you know, around Michigan and went to Loyola. You know what I mean? Like 9,000, that's a good amount. So there, there's got to be a lot of people that are from one area and went to school at the other place. You know what I mean? Something I will like say that. this, though. The pundits were saying that Loyola Chicago is a good team. So even if you didn't they were see right. them, they were talking about them a lot. And they were one of those hot teams. So that's probably why that number isn't like 500 or 1,000 and is 9,000. But still, 9,000 of 17 million is, uh, is quite, the, you know, quite the rarity. It's very impressive. Let's, let's break down these games. I mean, obviously, going back to Saturday, did you think Florida State, did they just kind of blow it, or was Michigan just that much better? Because honestly, to me, Florida State looked like they were going to maybe shock, not shock, but, you know, go on and be a ninth seed and, and make it to the Final Four. But I thought at the end of the day, Matthews and, and, and Wagner were just a little too much. What did you, you think about that game? I thought either team could have won that game. Florida State had every right to win the game. The after the game press conference, that was a disaster. Leonard Hamilton basically fumbled, 
and you know, put that aside. Let's just keep keep the discussion to what's on the court. Florida State, if they look back, that's gonna that's gonna eat at them. They're gonna say to themselves, that was a beatable team. We played a decent game. We played a good enough game to win. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, Michigan hit those critical shots. They were playing from ahead. They played with enough poise that they won that game. But to me, that was a toss-up. That, that could have gone either way. And then, you know, you, you obviously – I'm thinking of press conference fumbles. I also think of uh, our boy from Kentucky who lost to Kansas State. Now, Kansas State, they were a decent team, but they, they really didn't show so well against Loyola Chicago. I mean, there were moments where it was close, and then Loyola just blew them out the building. Ingram and the boys were too much. Um, you know, Sister Jean, you know, praying for them and all that stuff. And it's just such a great story. But 78-62, this is not your average Cinderella at 11. And we talked about it off air. You know, you've had a couple of sevens win and, and number eight in Villanova in 85, Ed Pinckney and Harold Jensen and the boys. Um, but you got to feel, I mean, the, I think the early spread is Michigan by three over Loyola and Kansas by, what, two and a half or something. You feel like Loyola's got a legitimate shot? Absolutely. Michigan is a lot like those Duke teams in the late 09s, early 10s, when Duke wasn't recruiting the five one-and-dones that they have, you know, Trent and Duval and and we'll talk about that in a sec, right? And Bagley and and uh, you know, all the all those studs that they have this year and the ones that they had three years ago when they won the national championship when Grayson Allen was a freshman. So to me, this team, this Michigan team, is going to shoot their way in to the finals or shoot their way out of the finals. And that's why Florida State should be upset at themselves, right? They, they, Michigan shot like four for 21 or something like that from three, and they still won the game. Wagner yeah. didn't play great um, offensive. I mean, he played, played smart basketball, but he, right, he was versatile and offensively. Stuff, but... So to me, yeah, absolutely. Loyola's going to shoot a lot of threes, but – they have a chance. I feel like they're well-rounded. I feel like they play under control. They're not and as they're athletic, yeah. but they they have skilled players. And so Loyola can win that game between Towns and Richardson. And those guys, they're good ball players. And the thing is, Michigan, other than Wagner and the other big fella inside, Michigan doesn't really have a size advantage. So they're going to be playing a very similar game. It's going to be a great chess match. And Loyola Chicago, their coach, he's, he's really making a little name for himself. And it, it seems like a, a good program. And, you know, I, they, they're fun to watch. And when you think about Sunday yesterday, probably one of the – I didn't check all the ratings, but I would probably guess that Kansas-Duke was the high, most highly rated game maybe in the tournament. You know, you got a, a chalk over there, one against two. You know, my biggest take, Wendell Carter fouling out, I thought Duval not being able to hit jump shots, which is why I don't think he should go pro, and double-teaming on Bagley. Kansas, in some ways, I feel like Bill Self might have actually outcoached Coach K, a couple of those, you know, baskets from inbounds passes. Now, if Allen wins, you know, hits the shot at the end of regulation, then, hey, Duke wins, and you just, you know, tip your hat. Um, but even with Azabuki fouling out, man, Kansas still was, like, able to – 
you know, penetrate and kick out. Their passing was was superior, I think, against Duke. And I knew that this Duke team would do well, but I thought something would hold them back because all year I've seen just little glimpses of them just falling apart and having defensive lapses. Were you surprised at how good Kansas was able to attack them? And where do you think Duke fell short? Well, I wasn't surprised, you know, Duke at the end of the day was playing a zone defense, something that Coach K hasn't done in 30 years. So, and he had to he go to too, it because their man defense was horrible all year, right? Right. What he too to. was adjusting to it, right? So he had a bunch yeah. of freshmen playing a defense that he doesn't play. Also, they didn't really have an identity. So down the stretch, Grayson Allen takes over the game. But then again, Grayson Allen didn't really carry this team. It was really Bagley, and to some degree, Bagley, their Trent inside and Carter, play. Yeah. Yeah, Wendell Carter Jr., right, and, and Trent from the outside. So to me, I think this is a team where they didn't really know who they were and they didn't know their identity. And like you said, if that doesn't hit the rim five times and bounce out, Grayson Allen shot, Duke's going to the Final Four with every chance to win it all. But I guess you live by the, you live with the freshmen, you die by the freshmen. I will give Kansas this credit. They have talent. So even if Phil Self did a great coaching job, they got ballers. Talent was right up there, and you know who the best player on the court was? Newman. It wasn't Bagley. It wasn't Carter. It wasn't, wasn't Graham. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't uh, Graham. It was Newman. 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 Yes, it was Newman. So him hitting those threes, those poised threes, and Mikhailovich hitting his big shots. Yeah, that was huge. They are a very solid team. And if you look back in history, solid teams with senior guards and some athletes on the wing, they can win it all. And you know what? They're they're two games away from doing that. But you're right. Bill Self, this may be his best coaching job. As much as he's lost in the final fours and great eight. Right, because he doesn't 15, have the top lottery pick like the – Right. He doesn't you know, have like, the Jackson, and he doesn't have the, and the, Wiggins, the other guys. And the Wiggins, and – that have come through that program. So good for him, good for them. And you know what? Duke's just going to go back and reload. So no sweat off their back. And you're right, Duval. Oh, yeah. Next year they're going to the number one class already. So Villanova, Ray, I mean, look, Texas Tech, they hung in there as much as they could. I thought that one thing, you know, that you noticed about them when they couldn't really shoot. and But they, they have heart. And I think their program's turning a corner, so I'm happy for them. I think they're going to be good. They'll start to get Texas, you know, top-notch Texas players. So I thought it was a good run for them. They, they maximized everything that they had. You're, you're banging up against a Villanova team with talent, with seniors. I mean, from, you know, Brunson to Bridges to, I mean, all the big guys. They, they are probably 1 to 15 or I don't know if it's 16, 18 players on the college basketball roster or whatever. But, Ray – Villanova is probably the deepest team in college basketball, if we're being honest. And I was just impressed with them, man. They, they're fun to watch, but they, they just got a bunch of dogs. You know, they, they, they ball out. So, well, Jay Wright has got himself a very nice system recruiting. He doesn't go for the one and done. He gets, like, some guys that real good talent, and then he gets some other guys that are like, hey, we're going to be here two to four years, and we're going to, you know, ride this out. And it's working, right? Hundred percent. And you know what? The great thing, if you're a Villanova fan, is that Villanova won 
Look, the score would tell you they won handily, but the game was closer than that. They pulled away yeah. the last six or seven minutes. But Villanova won and didn't really play a great game. They didn't play certainly their A game and not their, not their B game. They probably played a B minus and they still won against a good Texas good Tech point. team too. Don't 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 get it twisted. Well, because Texas this Tech Texas defense Texas was good. for real and the coach Their admitted defense that defense is for real. They can't shoot and this is a day yeah. and age where you need to shoot. That kid Moretti, I like him, the freshman mm-hmm. from Italy. Um, and Evans is a beast. Evans is a beast, but again, not a pure shooter. And against that Villanova team. They have size, they have strength, they have depth, and they have a junior guard and three juniors, frankly, that played on that national championship team as freshmen that they just have poise. So you're going to have to beat Villanova. Villanova's Villanova's not going to beat themselves. They play good. They they lead the nation in scoring. They play good D. They're they're deep. They're smart. So this is a really, really good team, this Villanova team. And so I have them – frankly winning it all because I just feel like even even Kansas may be more athletic one to six one to seven I think though if you can get them in foul trouble and you can stretch the game out you're seven eight nine ten like you said are much better than anybody else's so I really like this Villanova team I kind of agree with you we'll make our official picks on Friday but I'll tell you this Villanova to me they they definitely they over-impressed me in terms of what they got. But I'll say this. I'm rooting for Kansas, baby, because I got Kansas, Loyola, Chicago, and Michigan in our in our Dave uh, March Madness bracket. So I got a shot to win. If, wow. Uh, you know, okay. Yeah, if Kansas wins, I got a shot to get in the top 15 and make some, some Benjamins. So I'm rooting for that. So let's end real quick with, look. I said that this might happen, and it has. The Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, you say that Simmons is the rookie of the year, but Mitchell has gotten the Jazz after that trade basically into the playoffs. You're looking at the Warriors maybe battling the Timberwolves and maybe having to play without Curry in the first round. I don't know the Timberwolves could still beat them, but I, I tell you, if Butler comes back healthy – I mean, just in general, and Kawhi, probably all the issues there. Curry, uh, Kyrie is, you know, going to probably miss the first round for the Celtics. What do you think's happening the last, you know, what, eight to ten games of the season? And do you think, in general, not having Kyrie and Curry could put the Celtics or the Warriors on first-round alert? Well, no, because the Warriors should get the other three studs back healthy and they're going to be playing a Minnesota team without any playoff experience or a San Antonio team without their best player and without enough athletes to go up and down against the Warriors or the Pelicans, who are essentially a one-man show with Anthony Davis in the playoffs. Give him credit, though, Ray. He's earned some MVP votes. For sure. And LeBron's March, LeBron James, I mean, everybody's saying it's Harden. But LeBron James, what he's doing in March, having his like best month like in his career over thirty, he is beasting on cats. He absurd. really is. He really is. And so the question is, so I don't think Golden State's in any trouble. Uh, the Boston Celtics, think, though, if against they the play against the Bucks or maybe the Wizards, uh, I don't think the Heat would give him a problem. But the Bucks or the Wizards, you know what? Giannis and the boys. Yeah, but also think about this. This team is playing without Gordon Hayward all year and without Kyrie Irving. So 
to lose a playoff series in the first round despite winning 50 games. And Jalen Brown just in, got back off the concussion. Right, isn't, but it's not inconceivable. You take Kyrie Irving and, uh, you know, again, Gordon Hayward didn't do yeah, much. Two but, best players, but, if you take, but if you take your two best players off any roster, sure they're suspect in the first round. Golden State still has three studs, right? But Boston does not have three studs when you take those two off their roster. Hey, listen, you're totally right. I'll say this. You and I both, uh, we have to look back, but I think we both had the Sixers in the playoffs, but we would definitely have to give some super love to what the Pacers have done. I think at best we both had them maybe between seven and nine. Victor Depot. This is one heck of a coaching job. Sabonis and Oladipo have blossomed. Uh, Miles Turner. I mean, the, the Sixers should be the fourth seed. The Pacers, the fifth seed. That might be a classic first-round matchup of two scrappy teams in the East that are not getting enough attention and love. So I'm excited for the playoffs. I think it's going to be fun. You know, the NBA is is is, is coming, and um, you know, it's, it, look, it's it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a great sports week. Ray and Tay, baseball starts Thursday. You know, we're having some changes with the show, but before it all, you know, switches up, I got to say, we will have our 2018 baseball preview on Wednesday. We'll uh, tweet out the time, and uh, we'll get ready, Ray, to talk, you know, World Series, MVP, all that stuff. You, you, you think you get, our Yankees got a shot or what? Well, they just said today that Bird is going to be out for another six to eight weeks. I have a feeling this guy is like Sam Bowie, and he just his legs won't let him play. He just won't with his ankles, and he's always having these problems. And you know, and baseball, I just drafted him in fantasy baseball. baseball Bird, you need, is I guess in every sport you need your legs, but but obviously when you hit, you stress your ankles. You 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 can't unless you're healthy. You can't uh, you can't do that now. Yankees have to find a way to figure out their outfield situation. They maybe move uh, Jacoby Ellsbury and just you know get rid of him, free up some, free up some innings. But uh, it's all about the pitching for the Yankees, right? You yeah, know we have some pieces that might come up for a little bit too, Ray. You know, yeah. Yankees. You know, so we'll see what happens. Anyway, have a great sports week. We'll talk to you Wednesday and Friday. We will preview. It's a busy week for us. We'll preview the Final Four and give you our predictions. Uh-huh. Ow.